Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Center for Market and Public Organization. Today I'm at the American Economic Association meetings in New Orleans, and I'm talking to Professor Janet Curry from Columbia University. And we're going to be talking about some work that she published in the CMPO uh, Bulletin, Research in Public Policy, on children's health and the impact of their experiences of health on their later life outcomes. Janet, do you want to give us an introduction to what it is that you've been looking at in your research? Well, the the big picture is that we know that children who are from poor backgrounds tend to be in worse health than other children by almost any measure that you can imagine. It's a very uh, robust finding, and it's been that way for a long time. So that leads you to wonder whether that might be related to poor outcomes in later life. And there's many different pathways for that. So it could be that if you're in poor health in childhood, you're more likely to be in poor health as an adult. That's been established. And then that in turn might lead you to have lower earnings or lower education and so on. But there might also be a sort of um, less direct effect that children who are in poor health might have worse educational attainment and worse occupation wage prospects than other children. And so one of the things that I'm interested in is quantifying the extent to which that happens and then also trying to say ultimately uh, at what points are children more vulnerable, what are the health problems that cause the greatest damage and, and so on. So the anxiety is that uh, children who come from a poor background are more likely to be in poor health and there'll be a vicious cycle where they where they go on and then have worse that's outcomes right. later so in life. That's another way to motivate the whole question is to to consider that people who are from poor backgrounds themselves are more likely to end up poor. We know there's intergenerational transmission of poverty. That's one of the social problems that we would like to be able to eliminate. We'd like to have a world where everybody started off with the same chance. And we know we don't have that now, and health might be one of the important mechanisms that cause the perpetuation of poverty. And in a way, it's, it's obvious that that must be the case in poor countries, but it's not so obvious that that's the case, say, even in the UK where you have National Health Service, even though it's true that even in the UK where you have National Health Service, poor children are in worse health than other children. So what are, what are the data that you looked at in, in developed countries? What, what uh, have you gone about trying to understand and uh, analyze this issue? Well, in the UK, I have looked at data from the uh, cohort studies, like the 1958 British birth cohort, the 1970 cohort, and other people have also looked at those data a, a fair bit. Uh, in the US, you can look at something called the National Health Interview Survey, or you can even look at birth records. You can see differences by socioeconomic status in birth records. I've also looked in Canada at, at various surveys, like the Well, sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the survey, but um, you, you can look at various types of surveys that have different types of health measures and see that there are these discrepancies. Uh, UNICEF has also put together statistics on things like accident rates, and you can look at things like fatal injuries. 
um, and see that those are greater for, in, in the UK, children of manual workers than children of professional workers. So as I say, it's almost any kind of measure you can think of these dis disparities. So what, what, do you, what do you find looking at the UK data in spe uh, specifically? What, what, what are the, the, the transmission channels between poverty and background into health and then from health into later life outcomes? Uh, well, at this point, I think there's a lot of um, suggestive evidence, but that we don't have um, a, a really good idea about what exactly the mechanisms are, how large the effects are. One uh, idea or body of evidence that I find particularly interesting has to do with uh, health shocks in utero. So we often think about babies all being born the same and then things happen to them after they're born, but there's increasing evidence, some of it uh, from epidemiology associated with people like David Barker, uh, that things that happen while you're in utero could have long-term effects. So that might be things like uh, mothers smoking or being on a poor diet? Mothers smoking, poor diet, stress. Uh, there's some very interesting work by one of my colleagues, Doug Almond, looking at effects of Chernobyl on a cohort of Swedish children where the um, the interesting thing is since Chernobyl happened okay. in a very uh, distinct window of time and they measured very well what the radioactive fallout was over Sweden, you could compare areas that had it, areas that didn't before and after, and then you can follow the cohort for a long period of time and find that the affected cohorts in utero were less likely to graduate from high school. For example, so you have some quite large effects of insults to health in utero. Um, here's another paper looking at the effects of the influenza epidemic during the First World War and showing that the cohorts affected by that epidemic had worse health themselves and also lower earnings and so on using census data. So um, it brings up the sort of provocative uh, idea that might one of the best ways to improve child health might be to improve maternal health if a lot of the uh, health deficit is occurring even before birth. Well, I was going to ask you what, what the policy implications are. I mean, these seem to suggest some pretty serious interventions might be necessary at very early stages of child's, children's lives in order to, to have an impact on, on their later lives, give them the life chances that we want to have everyone to have. Yes, I think that's true. I, I there haven't been very many um, different types of interventions uh, that have been evaluated. One that has been evaluated is home visiting programs, and there's some evidence that those can be very effective at um, you know, getting children into care, finding problems early, and also preventing problems like preventing child abuse by uh, essentially explaining to people what it's normal for children to be able to do uh, so people don't think that their two-year-old child is being disobedient because they can't follow a sequence of uh, commands, for example. Are, are, are things worse in, in uh, countries like the UK and the US, which we think of as having more of a problem with poverty and, and more of an inequality problem than, than say, uh, countries of continental Europe? There is, um, it's hard to say that, but one measure you can look at is deaths due to maltreatment. It's a kind of an extreme measure, but there's a very large variation in uh, 
the incidence of deaths due to maltreatment with the sort of U.S. and U.K. being on one end, but then other countries like Spain, Italy, Greece being uh, at the other end with very few such deaths, um, which is interesting because places like Spain, Italy, and Greece aren't noted for having a huge safety net, but might have different cultural practices with regard to child rearing. And Italy, for example, has a very low birth rate, so maybe the children are more wanted in some sense. Um, so there are differences across countries. and. Um, between well, continental uh, Europe and the U.S. and the know, U.K., but I don't think it's well understood um, what are those things are caused by, and it's also um, people would t sort of tend to assume that places that had better health care systems, for example, would have healthier children, and that's not always the case. Which is an important point because I think it, it illustrates the fact that there's a lot of other things that affect health other than access to health care, such as sort of general health and safety, nutrition, um, social support, and so on. But essentially, you, your work and the work of colleagues, uh, not, not just in economics, has established this, this strong link between poverty and health and then health, children's health, and, and later life outcomes. What was what, the next? next step, place to go on the research agenda? Is it really trying to understand the mechanisms that are, that are going on there a little bit more? I think the, the there's a couple of different aspects. One is related to the whole idea of what some people call critical periods. So um, as I've mentioned, it seems like uh, fetal health has very large effects. And so one might wonder, well, uh, is, does that mean that the period from, say, zero to two is especially important, or two to four, or you know, maybe it's the case that people are at risk, say, in their youth, and then maybe again at risk when they're adolescents, maybe from different types of health threats. So just identifying the periods when children are at risk would be a useful thing to do, and then, of course, identifying what they seem to be most at risk from. Uh, those are two pieces of information that you would need to be able to develop an effective intervention. Janet Curry, thank you very much. Okay, thank you.